Welcome to the Tech of Business show. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today. From smart and innovative to nuts and bolts, there is no tech stone unturned. Now it's time to talk tech and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And on today's episode, I sit down with Meg Brunson. Meg is a former Facebook employee, and she now has a business where she runs Facebook ads for her clients. Kind of meta that she went from Facebook to now working on the platform extensively for her clients. What I love so much about what Meg is doing is that she is not technical by nature, yet she has found a way to use technology in order to actually have a growing and thriving business. This piece of technology that she shares about halfway through the episode is going to make your jaw drop. You're going to say, what? How awesome. So without delaying any longer, let's get into the episode. Meg, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us on the Tech of Business podcast today. Thanks, Jamie. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Why don't you give the two-second, two-sentence version of who you are and what you do? Sure. So I am a former Facebook employee. I worked in their marketing expert program, and I left Facebook basically because I wanted to be a more present mom to my kids. I've got four little girls, and I wanted to uh, make memories with them instead of, and not have those memories be in the car commuting back and forth to the babysitter. That is so cool because that's exactly the reason why I left. I have half as many girls as you and no boys. So, but that's exactly why I left my corporate job as well was to be mom first and to use the skills that we've created for ourselves in the workplace, um, in an environment that allows us to truly be present as moms. That's awesome. So now that you are home with your girls, what are you doing to make ends meet? So I'm actually the sole income provider in our family now. My husband is a stay-at-home dad and I run a Facebook marketing agency. So I'm running done-for-you marketing services for other small businesses. And I've recently started taking on mentorship clients. So I'm teaching, coaching, and developing some courses too to help solopreneurs figure out the Facebook platform. I love it. And it's going to be such a valuable uh, piece of information and insight that you're providing for the audience today because everybody's on Facebook. Everybody wants to use Facebook for their business in the best way possible without just throwing money down the drain. So while I often ask um, on these interviews, what tech do you use? I want to just really focus on what we're doing in the Facebook realm and how you are positioning your clients to have more success on the Facebook platform. Is that okay? Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. So let's go step one. What is the, uh, the number one tool or um, strategy that you're using right now? So when it comes to Facebook ads, the number one thing that everybody really needs in their life is Pixel. Yes. Do you want me to break down what the Pixel is? I was going to ask you to do that. Yep. <laughs> so the Pixel is a little snippet of HTML coding. It's found in your ads manager. 
and you basically copy it from Ads Manager and paste it on your site in the header so that that code is found on every page of your website. The pixel will then allow you to do three main things. You can track analytical data. So when you run ads, you'll be able to get some in-depth reporting data. You can optimize your ads. So that means not just optimizing for people to click on your ad, but to actually allow a page to load or allow a two-step process to occur. So allow a page to load, a click to occur, and then another page to load. And it allows you to um, retarget audiences. So you can say, I want to collect an audience of people who've been to this website or this page and then retarget them with ads later on. So those are three really important things that you want to be able to do with your advertising campaigns. So you want to get that pixel installed on your website ASAP because it also retains data for six months. So even if you don't plan on marketing for the next six months, still get it on there now. So when you do start marketing, you're ready to go. Absolutely. And I tell a lot of my clients that because we are often creating a brand new site for them for one of their projects. You know, oftentimes I'm creating sites for people who are running virtual summits. Let's get that summit you know, with your pixel, let's start getting a little bit of traffic, even though we're not running that summit, so that we actually have data that we can glean from that and be able to market your summit to a larger audience. So in that case, it's often um, when it's on your main website, you can then use that pixel code to share with that audience who's already been to your main website, this new summit project that you're putting out there. So if you don't have an audience yet, if you don't have people who are signed up for an email list, anybody who's visited your website and uh, Facebook will keep track of that with your pixel. Exactly. Nice. And, you know, in Pixel, it can get pretty complicated. People are always saying, okay, so what do I do now that I've got the Pixel there? What do I do? And I know I've got my my kind of hacks at it, but I would love to know if you have any um, strategies because there are other elements that you can add to the Pixel to track at a more granular level. Want to talk about those a little bit? Sure. So as I just mentioned, the, it's the base pixel that you copy and you place into the header and that goes across your whole website just to get into the, the nitty gritty of the, the words of things. <laughs> then after installing the base pixel, you should, you need to look at it as your funnel, right? You want to track people at every step of the funnel. So once they get to the website, what is the next step they, they take? Are they viewing content? Are they viewing a product? Then from there, are they adding something to their cart? You know, really itemize each step in that funnel. And then each step of the funnel, you should be tracking with the pixel through either a standard event, which is an additional snippet of code, or a custom conversion, which allows you to go into the pixel dashboard and use URL tracking parameters to track the, those specific actions on your website. Did I lose you yet? 
you didn't lose me, but you might have lost some of the members of the audience. Let's go back to the the standard events because I think those are the ones that people are um, seeing a little bit of buzz. Where do I add the add to cart? Where do I do with complete registration? What do I do with the page view versus this versus that? And again, if I'm talking Greek or if Meg is talking Greek at all, all of this is going to be listed out in the show notes page over on techofbusiness.com. Um, so you'll be able to go into there. And I have a feeling, even though it hasn't been created yet, that I might have a walkthrough video on the uh, show notes page as well. <laughs> so just background information. The standard event is actually going to go on, the way to think of it is it, it goes on the thank you page. So like the next page after an action happens. So if you want the purchase standard event, for example, you're going to put that on the thank you page people hit after a purchase happens. Does that make sense? That absolutely makes sense. So let's say you've got a $30 product that somebody is able to purchase directly on your website. When you say thank you for purchasing, on that per uh, thank you page, you're going to have the purchase standard event so that you can track and Facebook can track on your behalf that this particular user didn't just view my site. They actually gave me a $30 transaction. You could actually do it as either a purchase and with no dollar amount, or you could actually put a set dollar amount that I know. <laughs> yes. And then I actually want to take it a step further because I use a separate tool actually for pixel installation that goes beyond just putting it on your site. I use Google Tag Manager. Okay, so now we're talking about a second tool. Uh, so we're using Facebook and then we're using Google Tag Manager. So um, before we get into how you're using Google Tag Manager with the Facebook Pixel, do you wanna give a quick definition of what the Google Tag Manager is and what it was designed for? Sure, and I'll do the best I can. Like I said, I came from Facebook, not from Google. Tag Manager is a tool that allows you to install the pixel within Tag Manager and then set all of the, the standard event tracking and all of those rules within Tag Manager as well. It really streamlines the installation process. And instead of having to get into the nitty gritties of coding on each page, it allows you to go into Tag Manager to do all of those high-tech actions in a really um, user-friendly way. Okay, so if I am thinking about it in my terms, it uh, Tag Manager is giving you a bit of a dashboard into your site so you can put those specific standard events on uh, um, in a little bit more of a straightforward uh, dashboard style rather than having to get into the code on individual pages. So you're using Tag Manager to manage your Facebook pixels. Exactly. And you can also leverage Tag Manager to manage Google Analytics and other coding issues. Mm -hmm. It reduces the amount of code that you're putting on your website, which can make it faster and things like that as well. And like I said, it's just more user-friendly. Nice, nice. So how um, are you using Tag Manager or what is the benefit other than the, the speed? What is the benefit of using it um, in the context of actually making your site easier to market out there into the Facebook world? Well, it allows you to, to track things that are that are they're more high tech. So I didn't come from a tech background. I've never taken 
I've never even taken a business course like officially in college, but I've never taken anything computer science related. So a lot of my tech knowledge really came from hands-on experience, which mm -hmm. means that I still have some areas where I feel I need a little more of a user-friendly platform to work from. So one of the things for an example is tracking a button click. So it is possible to get into the coding of your website and install standard event tracking in the coding of a button click. Okay. But that's beyond me. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I, and I can see the benefit of being able to track that, uh, that just at that granular level of a right. button. Why do you think that it is advantageous to track at the granular level of a button? And what do you do in Tag Manager instead of going into the code of the website? <laughs> so one example that I've seen is I've worked with authors. So book authors, and let's just say they're selling their book on Amazon. Right. You can't put the pixel on Amazon, but they can put the pixel on their page. So they'll have their website that says, hey, I wrote this book. Here's some info about it. Click here to go to Amazon to buy the book. Right. Code that button, which gets us just one step further, one step closer towards the actual purchase of that book. So if they want to run an ad to sell the book, they're going to want to optimize for people to click that button, not mm -hmm. just view the website. So it gets right. them closer to Amazon. So that's why we want to be able to track things like a button click or a form submit, or maybe even somebody who's been on your site for 30 seconds, as opposed to somebody who comes on and bounces right back off. Cause we know that happens all the time. Right. Absolutely. So those more highly qualify the visitors on your website. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So being able to go into the coding of, of each page is overwhelming and, and beyond my abilities with Google tag manager, they make it super easy. So you can go into tag manager, create a tag, call it, 30 seconds on the page, call it button clicks, whichever action it is that you want to track. Right. Input the code, the standard event code. That you want to track for that event. Correct. Okay. And then you'll set a trigger. And the trigger is when tag manager should fire that tag to Facebook. Okay. So that would be when they click this button. When they click this button or when they've been on this page for 30 seconds. Okay. But you could also do just when this page loads. Right, right. So there's so many different triggers you can use within Tag Manager that if you took away my Tag Manager, I wouldn't know how to do it natively <laughs> on the website because it's too much coding. Fair enough. And this is some, this is something that if one of the listeners, they are like, oh, you know what? I have a very highly technical VA who I would like to leverage more. If that VA was that now working in Tag Manager, instead of spending all their time working on the individual pages of the site, they would be able to do even more for that business because they're not spending as much time on the nitty gritty. They're getting task accomplished faster. I love how you found a way to make Google and Facebook work together. It's, it's delightful. And I know it's so relevant to the audience. <laughs> yeah, it's real. I mean, it's really helped to make complex actions simplified. Yes. Yes. And I can see the benefit of that because if you want to run that promo, 
when you have more qualified leads, it's just going to run that much less expensive and it's going to run that much more effective as well. So you're spending the money up front to get your tags set up properly and then you are reaping the benefits of your tasks of your ads running smoother and cleaner and things like that. I really, really like that and I can see how it's beneficial to small business owners. What else, what else can you say um, are the benefits or what other use cases do you find that are relevant to uh, small business owners and entrepreneurs when it comes to uh, Tag Manager? I mean, are there other features of it that you're not necessarily using, but you think might be relevant? Oh gosh, you can integrate it with so many different things. So there are a ton of direct integrations. And I come from a marketing background. So I'm of course thinking of all the marketing related things like ad roll and um, hot jar and things like that. Uh, Google, but like I said, Google Analytics, you can install in there. I'm trying to think now off the top of my head <laughs> of other things that are in there. But there's, you can just go through the list of triggers and see all of the Shareaholic. Shareaholic is another one. It's an affiliate program. They right. have a direct integration. Just about anything that you would need to install code on your website for, Google Tag Manager can handle it. That's so interesting because when I think of Google Tag Manager, I my brain goes a completely different direction than how you're describing it. And it's not something that was ever on the forefront of my mind until mm -hmm. we had this conversation because I just assumed, I mean, I had heard of it, but it was just kind of like, nah, I don't need to worry about it because I had assumed that it was involved with SEO and it was involved with, um, with, Google ads and things like that. And I had no idea that it was a interface that you could use to run things more productively so that your marketing can be better. That's just a oh, yeah to me. <laughs> and I mean, it definitely plays nicely with all the other Google products. Right. So if you're doing Google ads and things like that, there's integrations for all of that stuff. But any pixels, I mean, Twitter, Pinterest, they all have their own versions of pixels. So you can put any of that stuff on there. And again, the, the learning curve, it's just, it's going to be so much easier for the average person to figure out how to leverage Tag Manager and then open up all of those opportunities and possibilities for them than I think it would be for them to learn coding, mm -hmm. which is just a, a, a deeper water, you know, to be diving into. Absolutely. And I don't think that it's... Um advantageous for the uh, the business owner or even the virtual assistant or the, the team to spend time working outside of the business's zone of genius. And that's why right. these businesses, I believe, it it's really good for businesses like that to hire experts like you, hire experts like me, hire people who that can it's easy to justify the, the cost of hiring us because we then are able to help them do more for their clients in their businesses, attract the better qualified leads in your case, um, and be able to really showcase all of the, the bells and whistles that, uh, that they actually do in their business. And that's one of the things that I love so much about this podcast and about technology and just about all of the 
ways that virtual team members and virtual assistants and virtual um, service providers and coaches and consultants, we can all help one another do that much more and be that much better in our zone of genius. <laughs> and I think that you brought up a good point that made me that made me think of this. If you're looking to outsource your services, like you want to outsource your marketing, you want to outsource those things, you may want to look for somebody who is familiar with Google Tag Manager because that's going to mean less risk for you and less work for you because you could just install Tag Manager on your website from your agency person. Mm -hmm. And then if the agency person is familiar and leveraging Google Tag Manager, then you're done. They're not poking around your coding. They're not going to potentially break something on the back end. They don't even need access to your website. So you can maintain what access, complete access to the back end of your website, but install their tag manager and let them do what they need to do mm -hmm. on their side of things. Oh, that so, is, that like makes it for, so much easier because you can keep your marketing guys out of your, um, your tech guys space. And you right. know, it's that, that's a really good use case again for bringing in these extra tools. And as listeners of the podcast know, I am very tool agnostic, whatever the right best tool is for where you are and what you're doing, that's the tool you should be using. And so today you've brought in uh, a new tool that I think a lot of people in the audience and a lot of small businesses could really be taking advantage of in a new uh, way that'll just help them over a couple of hurdles that they didn't even know were uh, just around the corner. I really, really like that. Well, great. I'm glad it was helpful. Like I said, Google Tag Manager has been something that has changed the way that I manage my website and the way that I manage my clients' websites. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just an incredible tool. Yeah, no, I definitely uh, can, can understand that. And I would love for the audience to be able to connect with you further, to ask you questions about Pixel or about Tag Manager or to you know hire you maybe if they want to implement this. So where can they connect with you? So my website is self-branded. It's megbrunson.com. And my marketing agency is at eieiomarketing.com. <laughs> they do link to each other. So if you go to one, you'll find the other and vice versa. And then I'm across social media at the Meg Brunson. Okay. Yeah, that is great. We'll have those links, of course, in the show notes, along with the other stuff that we've already talked about today. And I'm not letting you go quite yet because I always like to end our conversations with a little bit of a curveball question. And Meg, I want to know from you what you think is the most uh, overused terminology when people are talking about Facebook ads um, and the pixel and things like that, that they're just not actually using effectively. Something that is like a buzzword that's out there, but is not being used to its potential. Ooh, not being used to its potential. I was going to say overused. Oh, over, overused is good too. <laughs> <laughs> the first word I thought of was boost. Yes. My biggest pet peeve is when somebody will say, and maybe pet peeve isn't the right word, but somebody will say, I didn't run an ad. I just boosted a post. And guys, a boost is an ad. Like it's the same thing. 
<laughs> a lot of people are saying the word boost when what, and they, they think that that's somehow different from an ad, but all that they're referring to is the interface in which they built the ad. Right. So typically boost means that they initiated that ad from their page. So when you go to your business page and there's those buttons all over the business page that are encouraging you to run an ad. It's a lighter interface. It's easy. It's the, the impulse buy versus going into ads manager and setting up an ad. That, so I feel like that's yeah. my yes, word. Yes, because boosting a post means that you're paying to get that post in front of more people. Now, I think of when you, when you said that, I'm like, oh, yes, boosting. Because boosting, the disadvantage to, of boosting, at least from my perspective, is that you aren't taking full advantage of your pixel. You're not taking full advantage of the curated audience that you've created outside of the Facebook environment necessarily. So that's why I think there's a little bit of a disconnect between an ad and the pixel and the boosting and all of that stuff. So that was, that's a great, great thing for somebody who's listening right now to just kind of think about the terminology. Am I creating an ad um, through an existing post that I'm creating on my site, on my page, or am I creating an ad in ads manager? Right. And I think there is a place for the boost. There's a place for it. It's not always bad. Right. <laughs> Because you can retarget people who've engaged with your boosting, your boosted posts. So if you're going to boost an ad as a part of a bigger strategy, saying retargeting to them in a couple of weeks to get them to your website, to get them on your list, then I'm cool with it. But don't boost just for the sake of boosting because it doesn't make you money. I, I think that's a great place for us to wrap up. And I am so, so thankful that you were able to come here on the podcast and educate the audience about the Facebook pixel and the Google tag manager and uh, the definition of boosting. I love it. I think we've, we've kind of hit a trifecta here. So thank you again, Meg, so, so much. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie. Now, wasn't that insightful? Who ever knew that Google was going to create the best tool for managing Facebook pixels? I don't know about you, but it was something I was so excited about that I invited Meg to come back and walk me through how to actually set it up because I had never personally used Google Tag Manager. Head on over to the show notes for this episode, which is at techofbusiness.com forward slash 032. And you can watch a video of Meg and I going through Google Tag Manager and my website. It's really, really amazing how powerful Google Tag Manager is with your Facebook pixel. Now, we're having conversation over in the Facebook group at techofbusiness.com forward slash community. So please join us in there. And I am excited to hear how this episode is impacting you and your business and where you're taking things from here. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Tech of Business podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, or wherever you download your favorite shows. You can also check out the show notes and learn more about me at techofbusiness.com. I'll see you next week.